0: Hello, my name is Gillian Bowen, the Australian Manager of Public Affairs at Chartered Accountants ANZ or CA ANZ. This is Small Firm, Big Impact.
1: If you wanna grow your firm, the most potent way to do it is create great word of mouth because when people are listened to, they feel heard, seen and valued. When you're not listening to your employees, They are the advocates for your firm when you're not there. It's critical that you notice what people aren't saying, not just what they are saying. And that's how you shorten the meetings and how you make them more effective.
0: It's the podcast giving you and your clients the up-to-date information you need to do your jobs. Each fortnight, I share resources, tools, and expert advice provided by CAANZ range of people across our profession. So make sure you're following the pod in your favourite pod app. And if you've got an idea for the show, email podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com. Today we have author and global listening expert, Oscar Trimboldi in the hot seat. The topic, listening. You might be thinking, why do I need to know more about how to do this? But if you thought about the cost of not listening in your workplace, the cost of your employees or colleagues not being so good at it or the barriers you might not know about when it comes to listening effectively to your clients. Plus, Oscar has promised you'll walk away with a gift, the gift of how listening can bring about positive changes to your office. Oscar Trimboli, welcome to Small Firm Big Impact.
1: G'day Gillian, looking forward to listening to your questions today.
0: I want to let you know, and the people listening along, that I've spent the past 15 years doing a lot of listening, until October last year I was a senior journalist at Channel 10. I'd like to think my listening was pretty good and it had to be, right? At news conferences and while interviewing people to ensure I told accurate stories, but I was definitely aware when I wasn't listening. There would be times when I was under pressure from deadlines or distracted by work or life as we all are and I would get back to the office and I'd be listening back to the tape recording and I'd think of all these follow-up questions I should have asked to clarify crucial details. It was clear I'd stopped listening, but I didn't know that I had and I didn't know what I'd missed. And then I'd spend critical writing time calling the talent and their media teams back to get the extra info I needed. Oscar, that then makes me ask, why do people stop listening
1: well, most people think listening is about focusing on the speaker. And although that's interesting, it's the wrong place to start. It's the most unproductive place to start of all. Our 24,000 workplace listener research group tells us one thing. If you listen to yourself first, you'll be available to listen to everybody else. Most people are turning up to a conversation. If you're in a firm taking a client brief for the very first time, you've got so many browser tabs open, not only about the questions you want to ask, how can you anticipate, but you're thinking about your last meeting, your next meeting, mm. what did you have for lunch, what haven't you had for lunch, Is a time for caffeine. There are so many barriers in the way of listening, and I'm sure we'll chat, but we've decoded that into four distinct types of barriers Mm -hmm. around listening emotionally, listening for time, listening to solve, and listening when you're lost,
0: God, that sounds complicated on something that should actually be quite simple because we all have ears and we listen every day uh, every minute of every day. I know the cost of not listening when I interview someone for the news, but we're talking to small and medium-sized businesses today, sole practitioners, all, all those sorts of people in that world. What's the cost of not listening in their workplaces?
1: No different to you as you talked about going back and forth back and forth after the initial conversation. When you're in a firm, you, maybe you're taking a client on for the first time, maybe your client's buying a new business, maybe your client's expanding overseas. And when you don't listen effectively during that conversation, these are the clients that are marginally profitable. They're on your books, but they're not making you the kind of profit that should sustain you. More importantly. And not about you, but for them, for the client, they don't have a great experience with all this back and forth. Oh, look, I forgot to ask you this during our conversation. Could you retrieve the record for this? Could you retrieve the record for that? It makes you very difficult to refer. Mm. And if you want to grow your firm, the most potent way to do it is create great word of mouth because when people are listened to, they feel heard, seen, and valued. But if you're busy in your own mind, you're unlikely to be able to listen effectively because listening is a full-body experience. It's not just what you hear, Gillian. It's also what you see. It's also what you sense. And there's often a lot of emotion when it comes to people dealing with accounting practices.
0: I wrote down some notes there. I wonder if people listening along are doing the same I I wrote down heard, seen and valued. I felt that was really important and a full body experience. I love that. I want to get into that in a little bit, which I think that we will. I, I did want to touch on before we move on. We talked about the cost of me as an SMP, not listening to my client or future client, but internally as well within a business, what's the cost of a boss, not listening to their employees?
1: Great staff leave before you want them to. You don't get the most discretionary effort from that staff because you don't know what motivates them. You could have staff who are staying well beyond their use by date because what the firm has to offer and what they want to contribute, maybe it's not the same thing. You're missing out on professional development opportunities for staff. And for me, what I worry about is when you're not listening to your employees they are the advocates for your firm when you're not there. And when you're not listening to them, maybe they're not creating a great experience for your clients. Mm.
0: There may be people listening along nodding. Let's dive into the four villains of listening. Can you explain those?
1: (laughs) So the four villains of listening came out of a research group for 410 people that we interviewed and we asked three questions. What do you struggle with when it comes to listening? What's one thing you want to improve when it comes to your listening? And my favourite question, when you're the speaker, what really frustrates you when the listener is not listening to you? We combined all that information into discovering what are these four villains of listening, these four barriers that get in people's way. They're called dramatic, interrupting, lost and shrewd they all have a very different orientation this is about how you listen it's not about you and for me the dramatic listening villain is one that wants to connect emotionally and they say oh you know my last accountant they were absolutely terrible and they go on and on and on but the practitioner directly in front of them will say, Oh, look, you think you you had a bad accountant. Let me tell you about a time when. And they move the spotlight onto them. Interrupting listener values time. So they press the buzzer before the quiz show host has fully announced the question. They answer the wrong question. That adds friction to the relationship, reduces that's me, that's trust.
0: That's me doing it now. That's me. That's me. I do that.
1: Interrupting is not bad unconscious interrupting is the third villain is lost they're, they're lost in their devices they're lost in their connected watch their cell phone their mobile phone their laptop their computer whatever it is is more difficult particularly if you're doing virtual meetings now for you to get lost in your technology mm-hmm. but the other thing they're lost in is their own thoughts oh you know what have I got to do at home? Oh, my goodness. I didn't close the window. Oh, There's a storm did, coming. Did I All leave these...
0: the iron on? Yeah.
1: Those kinds of things. Mm. And the final one, and we know from our research, disproportionately represented in the professional services industry, accountants, lawyers, management consultants, research firms, advertising agencies, doctors, dentists, anybody who takes a brief, the shrewd listening villain. And you're a prisoner to your expertise. The expertise you're a prisoner to is you're jumping ahead and solving the current problem they're describing and through problems ahead. The subcaptioning going on in your mind, although you sound like you're listening to them, is, oh my God, this is such a basic problem. I wish they'd hurry up so I can get to the really juicy stuff that I've spent all my professional development time talking about exotic family trust structures that are going to be really relevant here. Now, our research groups say, I know they're trying to fix me. I know they're not listening. And the shrewd listening villain just needs to notice what they say as well as how they say it. So they're the four villains of listening. And later on, we'll show you how to discover which villain you might be.
0: Mm, I love getting across the detail here. And then my next question, how do we stop the villains from misbehaving?
1: Well, these villains are very predictable. The people who take the quiz often say to me after a presentation, Oscar, how did you nail me? This is so me. If my life partner, my husband, my wife, my significant other was here right now, they'd say, That is exactly what I do. Now, the research is about listening in the workplace. When you take the quiz at listeningquiz.com, we give you three simple tips for each of those villains tailored to your primary and secondary listening villain. So at work, I'm a shrewd listening villain. At home, I'm a lost listening villain. Like when my brother-in-laws come over and bang on about religion every Sunday, I'm completely lost. And the religion they're banging on about is a religion of photography. Canon versus Nikon. I am not interested in the slightest, but they can talk about it for a really long time.
0: Okay. So that's nice that there are tips and that you, in your research, have developed ways to help people tackle this. So how do we get better at listening?
1: In our research group, 83% of people are stuck at level one, listening to themselves. They're distracted, they stay out of focus, they are confused with their role in the conversation. I wanna share three numbers. If you know these three numbers, you'll understand why it's important to pause, to take three deep breaths, to drink a glass of water, to maintain eye contact. These three numbers, 125, 400, 900. 125 words per minute on average is a workplace speaking speed, yet the average thinking speed is 900 words per minute. What does that mean? It means the first thing that somebody says is 14% roughly of what they mean, of what they're thinking. If you're having a conversation and just asking another question or engaging with the very first thing they say, you're missing out on 80%. 86% Six percent of what people think and what they mean. And if you want them to be heard, seen, and valued, you need to listen not just to what they say, but more importantly, what they haven't said, that 86%. Mm. Now, I want to talk about 400. 400 is, 400 words per minute is your listening speed. You can listen roughly four times faster than they can speak. So you are genetically coded to be distracted. You're listening for other things going on. Just like peripheral vision, you have peripheral hearing and you're paying attention to every other thing that's going on. Three tips we know consistently help people with the people we're tracking in our research study. It's, It's up to five years now. Tip number one, manage your electronic notifications. Some people can't switch them off. They might have a sick child, a childcare, for example. They may have, like I do, a father who's had a stroke and requires extra care. So some days I know that my phone needs to be on, but I'll announce that to the meeting beforehand. So if the phone does ring and it's only programmed for my dad to ring, they'll understand why. Manage your electronic notifications, tip number one. Tip number two, before you go into any conversation, drink a glass of water. And during that conversation, make sure you drink a glass of water roughly every 30 minutes. That will send a signal to a part of the body around the lungs known as the parasympathetic nervous system. This controls your fight or flight mode. Just tells you to relax and be present in the moment. And finally, three deep breaths. So tips one, two, and three, manage your notifications. Tip number two, drink a glass of water. Tip number three, take three deep breaths. Now, who cares about these tips? Anybody who wants to save 5% of their meeting times. What our research group has reported back to us is by implementing these three tips, meetings are shorter by minimum 5%. A 5% in a week is a lot of time. And the meetings you have are more meaningful because you're listening to what your client says, thinks, and means. As a result, you'll have less rework and then more profitable clients for you.
0: I don't know if everyone heard that then, but I just got a computer notification while you were wrapping up there. I love it. I tried to do tip one, which was manage my electronic notifications and Google got me in the end there. It was a Google. I'm going to leave it in for context because at least it shows we're in the real world. Some really good tips there and some points on what it is that we're doing, because I don't know if we do a lot of self-reflection on how we behave and interact with people in the workplace and when we're in actual meetings with people, whether that's people we work with or clients that we may be then engaging our services with. My question then is, what's the difference between active listening and deep listening?
1: Active listening is paying attention to what people say the very first time deeper listening is noticing what they haven't said. Now, remember that 125-900 rule? I speak at 125 words per minute, but I can think at 900. Now, a little asterisk, if you're in a complex, collaborative, creative, confined workspace where you need to resolve some kind of conflict, you could be thinking up to 1,600 words per minute. So imagine you and your client are in front of the ATO going through a process on an issue of taxation, they will be thinking at a much faster speed and so will you. So it's critical that you notice what people aren't saying, not just what they are saying, and that's how you shorten the meetings and how you make them more effective. So keep in mind that deep listening is an orientation to notice, hmm, I'm really curious what they haven't said so far.
0: Mm. That feels like a suitable transition to talk about what you've dubbed the five levels of listening.
1: So the five levels of listening are listening to yourself first. 86% of people we know are kind of stuck here.
0: What Can I interrupt you? What, what do you mean by that? Listening to your inner voice or what is it or, or what it is that I'm saying out loud to people?
1: Most people say that what gets in the way of their listening is themselves. And when they're listening to themselves, they have multiple voices going on, they're jumping ahead to the future, they're jumping back to the past. They're not in the present. Imagine your mind is a bunch of browser tabs that are open. And by the way, the maximum apparently is 299 that you can have open at any one time. <laughs> now, I don't want to it- get to that. I'm not sure why, but each time you open a browser tab, you use a part of memory, and memory is finite. So too is memory, called working memory, in your mind. It's, it happens in the most modern part of the brain. And when I spoke to uh, Professor Stefan van der Steckel, easy for you to say, from Utrecht University, In the Netherlands, who's written multiple books about attention, when we discussed listening with him, he said the only thing you should do when it comes to speaking with another human is to listen. You cannot multitask because listening is a complex task that requires ample parts of working memory. Now, is multitasking possible? Absolutely. You can listen to music and chop vegetables. You can listen to music and iron your clothes. You can listen to music and you can do the gardening. Don't get me wrong. Multitasking is possible. It is not profitable. It is not referable if you do that in your workplace with a client existing or new. So, Gillian at level one, we want to be present. We want to be in the moment. We want to make sure that we're not distracted. We want to make sure we're available. And we want to notice right now. Am I giving attention? Or am I paying attention? They're two very different orientations, and it's a really quick test for you. When I pay attention, it feels like a form of taxation. I'm sure everyone can relate to that who's listening. It's something that's an obligation. You have to do it, and I'm just going through the motions and I'm doing it. It's okay to pay attention. Most of us pay attention to flight announcements and safety announcements, but if we hit mid-air turbulence, and the captain says, We're going to go through the flight safety drill. You are giving now your complete and undivided attention. You're looking at the card, you're looking behind you, you're looking in front of you, you're watching every word the cabin crew is saying. Giving attention is an act of curiosity, generosity, and it really creates a different presence for mm. the speaker. So that's just level one. Mm. Let's look at level two, three, four, and five. At level two, you're listening to content. It's what you see, what you hear, and what you sense. Listening's a three-dimensional, full-body experience. You have to be doing it with somebody else. It can't be something you do alone. One of the interesting things people say to me, Gillian, is "Oh, I really struggle when people are emotional. I want to stop them. I don't want to listen when they're emotional. Emotion is just another form of content, and it's a signal to what matters the most to that person. So if your client is struggling, maybe an estate matter, maybe a divorce or a separation matter, these emotional insights are really good ways for you to listen. Rather than push it away, lean in, ask more curious questions about that. Level three, listening for the context. This is often about deeply listening to the backstory. Most people will start their brief with you as a new client where they're at. It's going to be incredibly valuable and profitable for you to go, could you just take me back to when you started this company? What was your motivation? And all of a sudden, things that didn't make sense, the jigsaw puzzle pieces are fitting into place. Level four, this is how Yoda listens. He listens for what's unsaid. It's a position of wisdom. It's a position of trust. It's a position of authority. Here, you're very comfortable to use silence as a form of question. Silent and listen share the identical letters. In the West, we call it the awkward silence, the pregnant pause, the deafening silence. Yet in the East, in high context cultures like our Indigenous communities in Australia, the Māori of New Zealand. Silence. It's a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of authority. And it's also a way to bring connection between everybody there. A Level five. We know half of 1% of people in our database represent level five. Listening to what people mean rather than what they say.
0: I love this i I'm writing notes left right and center. I know we're almost out of time and we've we've got a couple of uh, I've got we've got a couple of things that I want to ask you just before we wrap up. But feel free if you're listening along to pause the episode, reflect, skip back 10 20 seconds and re-listen to some of that of what Oscar was saying. I've I've really enjoyed you talking me through how our brain works and what we're doing to see what it is that I could do better. And that makes me ask, how would I put this into practice or how could I put one thing from what we've talked about today into practice in my workplace?
1: The easiest thing to do is manage your electronic notifications, whether you're on a Mac or a PC whether you're on Android or whether you're on an iPad, whether you use those different operating systems, every single one of them has that one single button to switch off notifications. And if you want to be clever, you can connect your calendar so it automatically switches off those notifications when you're in a meeting. Nothing will stifle a relationship more than somebody Very, very, very subtly looking at their connected watch with a notification.
0: (laughs) That was me. (laughs) I know for those listening along that you can't see, but Oscar and I are on a video chat together, so he can see me. He can see me. I I got a watch notification. Apologies. No, I am no, need to,
1: no need to apologise, but in that <laughs> moment of deeply giving attention oh, to no. me, which I could see by the look in your eyes, and also in that moment, I could see the look in your eye as you went, <laughs> oh, well, something's changed my attention. This is uniquely human. Listening is not <laughs> hard and draining. Most people relate to listening the way they see therapists on Netflix or out of movies. If you're doing listening that way, you're doing it all wrong. Listening in the workplace is not therapy. Listening is light. Listening is easy. Listening is just asking one extra question or being comfortable to simply go and discovering that although they were taking a breath, it didn't mean they'd finished their stream of thinking. The number one tip we know makes the biggest difference for the Deep Listening Ambassador community, these people who have been tracking with us, is manage your electronic notifications. For bonus points, you can go drink a glass of water. You can take three deep breaths when you get distracted. And if you really want to go a little bit further, visit listeningquiz.com. Use the code 2023 ca. ANZ. So that's 2023 C A A N Z. If you put that code in, you'll get the report complimentary thanks to Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand. And you'll get a report outlining your primary and secondary listening villain. And three tips tailored to the combination of your primary and secondary listening villain as well. We've got a wonderful book called How to Listen and uh, if you want to go even deeper, uh, that's available at all your favourite retailers. Mm.
0: Gosh, that is all we have time for. I have learnt a lot. I'm sure those listening along have learned a lot. If you want to find out more about Oscar, I will put a link to his website in the show notes and a link to the quiz that he was talking about. There are links too for the other episodes in Season 3 or they are also on the Chartered Accountants ANZ website. They're all there on one page so you can listen on your computer or laptop while you work. And feel free to follow the pod in your favourite pod app. The podcast also has an email, so get in touch if you have any feedback podcast at charteredaccountantsanz.com. Here's to better listening. Thank you, Oscar Trimboli, for being our expert on episode six of Small Firm Big Impact.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Bye-bye.